1: This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the Complete Houndsman. Look at your coat of gold, Justin Hyde! Get him. We're get him. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get yeah. 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 Good boy. Good boy, Ranger. Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork we take you to the wildest places on earth yeah, so how many days how many days a week you spend
0: as much as i can to be honest with you anytime that i get i'm i'm out there
1: join us for every heart-pounding adventure on houndsman xp i'll
0: tell you like i tell everyone else i'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not so you might as well be here <laughs>
1: welcome to the houndsman xp podcast i'm your host chris powell what do you say we catch up with shorty gorham where's that guy been well he's going to tell you where he's been and what he's been up to shorty spent his whole adult life in professional rodeo and ended up with the uh, pbr and doing the biggest shows that they had everything from the world championships in vegas to the Fuel the Beast Tour to, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. So he's seen a lot of stuff from working those local rodeos, moving all the way up to the big leagues. And we're going to talk about something that's a pretty hot topic in the hound hunting community right now, is money ruining our sport. We're going to dive into it, folks. We're going to talk about every aspect of it. You know, in my mind, hound hunting sports is similar to rodeo and professional bull riding and we're going to overlay those two together we're going to compare them and dive in and talk about what money is actually doing to our sport and what does it hold for our future houndsman xp also made a big announcement this past week we built our own dog box i've always wanted to custom build a dog box that had all the bells and whistles all the things that i needed in a dog box and I think we've hit it. Check out the competition extreme by going to houndsmanxp.com. It's in a banner right at the top, right at the top of the page. You can find it right there. A live link where you can check out all the details on this dog box. And if you order in the month of May, it will be ready to ship June 1st. And you will get free shipping if you pre-order now. Check that out, folks. It is nice we designed a box that we always dreamed about having and it's available to you check them out at houndsmanxp.com pre-order in the month of may and get free shipping we're gonna have them on hand it's like a custom box that you're not waiting weeks for this is a box shaker folks let's get into this conversation with shorty see what that guy's been up to Yep. No doubt about it, man. You look like you're a caveman. Got a yeah, feel- scruffy beard on there and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just lazy, man.
1: Lazy. What have you been doing? How, how are things in New Mexico, man?
0: Man, they're good. They're good. Yeah. Uh, I've been here right about 45 days now. And uh,
1: have you been there that long already?
0: Yeah. And you yeah, haven't on.
1: fired you yet?
0: Not yet. <laughs> that's hey, that's a good thing about absentee uh bosses.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you run the dogs every day?
0: Yeah, I do. Yes. The most, I, I hadn't uh the last well, I shouldn't say I hadn't. I've exercised them just down the county road. We're lucky there's only a couple vehicles come down this county road every day. So and yeah. they're all and they know the dogs are there and stuff now. So, um, but it's been, we've got a bunch of snow and then, well, we got rain and then snow and then a day off and then some more snow. So the roads are just terrible right now. So
1: I heard they're a, me- it's a mess out there right now.
0: Yeah. So just just exercise them on the county road and, and, uh, which I don't advise to everybody unless you have a county road. We do.
1: Yeah. So. Well, tell everybody where you're at, Shorty. I don't, I don't know if anybody. Plug, plug the, plug the ranch and stuff. Take yes. a
0: minute. Uh, I quit the, quit the government gig for a, for a job opportunity here in Northeast, New Mexico, Folsom, New Mexico, to be precise. Uh, kind of help take care of a, of a ranch here. Um, it's a cow calf ranch at the time. Um, and plus we hunt, uh, elk, mule deer, antelope, bear, and lions so and turkey don't let yeah. we just turkey season we were 100 percent in our second season on the turkeys 100 percent we're already sold out for next year so going good what
1: well, you guys got there you got Miriams and what else you got any merriam's you have yeah. any rio grands there no, Rio's? no
0: no those are down at the south texas ranch
1: yeah yeah. So, yeah cool stuff so you're are you heading up the guide and outfitting side of it is that what you're doing
0: Oh just kinda of taking care of it here. Um yeah. we have a guy, uh Levi, that uh he kind of takes care of he oversees all of it in South Texas and here, but but just kind of yeah making sure all the animals are, are good and healthy here, watching over things and, and uh trying to catch a panther every now and again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh do you miss do you miss the PBR stuff?
0: Man, I don't. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like when people ask me, do you miss being a game warden? I'm like,
0: no. No, not even a little bit. No. i yeah, tell you what, I miss my friends. That's what so, I miss too. Yeah. Cause you, you know, shoot, we were, we were damn near half the year on the road together. So you just made so many friends. It's like, it was like a second family. So I do miss them, but, <clears throat> but the road and the waking up. Thor and stuff. No, I don't miss that a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what's your day look like out there now?
0: Yeah, I'll pretty much get up every day, take the dogs out, um, go, you know, go look at some country, see if, see if we can find some lion sign and, and, um, uh, if we can, then we'll, uh, and it's a good sign and right spot on the ranch. And we'll try to get a lion hunter in here. um, Otherwise, just go hunt the dogs and and uh, catch what we catch and come back to the house and get get chores done the back half of the day. So, yeah, at least they uh, get to get to hunt hunt the dogs from whatever time I get up until about noon. Out here, it's it's mostly everything is is uh you have to wait till shooting light to turn the dogs loose. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, the reason I the, I thought we'd talk about, have you seen all this stuff going on, uh, uh, especially, well, it's been going on a long time, but Josh Michaelis has talked about it. I was on their podcast last week and talked to him about money in the coonhound sports, and I thought we could have it. I always wanted to ask you and talk to you about what your opinions were about money in the hound hound sports, because i look at it a lot like rodeo and mm-hmm. and the the way rodeo has has kind of anchored itself in american culture and and everything i mean all that rodeo money gives more exposure to every guy out there on a ranch working somewhere as far as and i'm talking everything from from tires to Lucas oil products to clothes to, I mean, there's a huge impact there that that, that brings to the ranching culture. Or am I missing that?
0: Yeah, well, it just brings it the whole Western culture, you know, and that's, that's the thing that, that like, and I think I was fortunate. Like I, I worked 27 years in the industry and got to see it go from pretty much no money to now. What was it like?
1: What was it like when you first started? I mean, because you were doing smaller rodeos and stuff, but what what kind of things did you see?
0: Well, it was. I mean, five hundred dollar added rodeo. That means there were five hundred dollar added money to the purse. Yeah, guys were showing up left and right, and it you know in the end, you didn't fuel was a heck of a lot cheaper then, but you couldn't go. You couldn't get down the road hitting five hundred dollar added rodeos nowadays. They just don't pay enough to pay for the fuel, but um so it went from uh people kind of scraping by the lead of the elite were were making a living at it everybody else was just kind of trying to scrape by to now your your best bull rider in the world at the end of the years bringing home about probably a million and a half to a million seven um you know so got to see that huge huge leap but It does, it does well for the whole Western industry because it brings light to that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like, um, there's not a lot of people in this world right now that know that hound hunting exists, but Mm -hmm. if it were ever to get to, you know, the point where it's, it's on national TV and whatnot, then all of a sudden that brings a whole new, uh, whole new, um, Avenue for people to make money through marketing, through sponsorships, through all that stuff, Uh, and and it's quite frankly, there's some rough times that I've seen. You know, uh, just um, different things. But anyways, there'll be some rough spots in it. But when they when the end goal is met, it's better for the sport. Yeah, you
1: know. Yeah. So what were those early rodeos like that you worked? I mean, were you working? did you start out at fairgrounds and it was yeah. like a rodeo company and, and just traveling around?
0: Yeah, I was lucky. I, I knew enough people, um, that I worked for several, I worked for two or three different rodeo companies, um, right off the get go. And, but yeah, I just got in with the rodeo company and went and hell, you know, I think, I think starting out, I was making $150 performance and, and loving life, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Man, when they went to, did you work? Did you have to dress
1: up like a clown back in those days?
0: Um, I guess we didn't have to, but we still did. We still wore the baggy pants and and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yep. Oh, yeah, you went all the
1: way from that to to being in Las
0: Vegas, yeah, yeah, but that was the end goal, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just starting out like, yeah, I, I knew starting out that's where I wanted to go, mm hmm. That was my goal was to get there. I
1: I just never hear any ranchers or you know guys that are competing at the local level, uh, you know that are still hitting those five hundred addeds in the rodeo circuit. I never hear them griping and complaining that that there's too much money in rodeo these days. I mean, but you hear that in Houndsman.
0: No, but and and the thing is, they can't have the small events without local sponsorships yeah and you know so with the national level gaining more notoriety i i feel like the sponsors feel that their money is better spent even if it's at the lower levels um it's spent better now because of the notoriety that that the sport's getting
1: mm-hmm. do, do you think that what have you seen as far as like when something happens in the PBR, it has a trickle down effect all the way to that local event, whether it's right. safety equipment or I don't know, fads, equipment, you know, all that stuff.
0: Any of it. Yeah. And it, it just, the better the sport gets, the better the equipment gets, the better the equipment gets, the better everyone all the way down the line gets to, to, uh, to benefit from, you know, it's, it's, that's just, um, and and you're seeing it now, guys are, guys are, in the coon hunting world. From what I understand, they're using these thermals and stuff. That's just going to get better and better. And the more they're spending doing that, the more the better the technology is going to get for what they need. And then it's going to trickle on down to where it becomes cheap enough that that, uh, not you guys out there competing for, you know, pickup trucks and stuff can can afford to buy it.
1: Sure, yeah, and, and I don't care if you. I hunted with a guy the other night that hasn't entered a, has not entered a competition hunt in probably ten years, and he was packing a thermal with him.
0: There you go. Yeah, I would. So, if I put my,
1: I'm looking. I'm gonna be. I've got a company that's actually I purchased a thermal from them because I want to try it out. It's it's a pretty cool unit. I'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag uh on what it is but it's a pretty cool unit that I, i'm not only going to use for you know training dogs but i'm also going to use it for uh spotting hogs and things like that when we when we go down to do our side sidehound hound hog hunting and our night hog hunting and stuff so i'll, I'll keep you informed on that but you know it's just it, the reason i wanted to bring up the rodeo thing is because i think there's so many daggone parallels on what we're seeing and when that big money you know when pbr and the nfr and and all that stuff gets that kind of traction you know there's a reason why lucas oil products wants their name on the wall and cooper tires and whatever beer coors coors beer and you know all those companies want their name out there companies do that because they they know it's a big draw and exactly. they know their their name's going to get seen right so they've got a lot at stake when people come out of the woodwork to try to shut down rodeo. Right. Do you and think rodeo would have survived without that kind of sponsorship?
0: Um I don't know. They've they've fought tooth and nail with but I don't know. I don't know that it would have survived. No, not 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 to the level that it has now. I mean, it's a hundred percent the sponsors. Mm-hmm. without not be where it's at, I'm thinking back in the old days whether if it would have survived or not i I don't think so because there's not enough um there's not enough money just with the entry fees alone to justify risking your life right right right
1: well, you're but not- there's always you're always gonna have that barnyard stuff heck, I remember the first steer I rode and it wasn't the last steer I rode, but it was close. You know, but we were just little kids, and we saw we saw cowboy movies, and it's like ride that steer, sneak up there and hop on that sucker, and hang on. I lasted for about a one second count, and I was on my butt. You
0: right. know, but,
1: you know, and and the horses and stuff we had, you know, when they got bronky, that was the funnest time of it, and and you everybody felt like they were at the rodeo then. So <laughs> you'd never you'd never take you'd never take that out of it.
0: No, but, you would. not but it it wouldn't grow because it would be yeah local rodeo and so but you know what
1: when when you're looking at the whole thing and and I know there's other sides to it too and we'll talk about that in a minute and we're going to tie this into you know the the part about Houndsman and and how sponsorships and different stuff affect that but you know when you're looking at that kind of money being involved and and politicians run on where they can get money. That's what, that's, that's what keeps gas in their tank, baby is, is. And when the CEO or the, you know, the executive vice president of Coors Beer can call up legislator Joe down the road and say, Hey, you need to think about this. Cause we're pumping a lot of money into your campaign and a lot of your buddies campaigns and you're the whip. So you need to get your party in line and get this thing straightened out.
0: Right, yeah. No, that's 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 big-time stuff right there. And I think that they've definitely uh, – it's going to be it, – it's going to get there. I, I have a good feeling that, that the sport is going to get there. and There's going to be some bumps and knocks on the way is all I'm saying. And everybody's got to be patient because you can't make everybody happy right off the get-go. Uh, well, they, were,
1: they were talking about – and we're talking mainly about – I'm going to talk about how I think that ties into every houndsman in the United States here in a few minutes, but, but, um, or give my opinion on it, but the million dollar, they were going to have a million dollar hunt right? and they just simply couldn't, couldn't get there because just trying to go too fast. You know, we saw, we just had our first hundred thousand dollar hunt two years ago. Right. And now, you know, that's become a more common place and there's just a, you got to walk before you can run, and you know,
0: <laughs> so the 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 TV, the TV will be the next step, in my opinion. You know, get TV on on these events, good TV that can go, um, you know, on TV, RFD, or or Cowboy yeah. Champ like that, because believe me, your sponsors know where their dollars are going, and and to go through. Enough money at an event to have a million dollar event um, without TV coverage. You know they they know that when they're buying sponsorships. You know whether it's be for the Super Bowl or whatever, they know exactly how much money per second that it it's costing them. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, and, and and what they're getting out of it has to uh, has to offset that, obviously. So
1: I wonder uh, what that matrix is. I wonder I wonder how what how they figure their return on investment because everybody knows what Coke is and, and Coors beer. Well, you know, unless you live under a rock, you know what a Chevy truck is. So what's their, what's their draw to make sure that they have their name at a NASCAR event.
0: Everybody there knows
1: what a Chevy truck is. Why, why would they waste? I wonder why they'd spend that money.
0: Well, and I think it's probably a lot of it's like a brand loyalty type of deal, you know, Mm-hmm. just and i don't know all the sponsors of nascar probably ever but i could just tell you through growing up uh in in the rodeo business i'm gonna wear wranglers um i'm gonna wear Ariots, i'm gonna uh drive on cooper tires yeah uh, i'm driving the ford pickup and you know there's just certain things that those were the people that i grew up watching here you know they were they were they've built brand loyalty with me just because I grew up in the rodeo world. They were always sponsors of it. They still are. And so that brand loyalty, I think, pays more than getting you to get up and go grab a Coke that day. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Well, Heath was, Heath was bad-mouthing Fords today. So what? how many miles you got on your Ford, Shorty? Oh,
0: like 350,000 hunting miles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 350000 You still got the same three-quarter ton white Ford? I do. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. It, it's been there, done that, but, um, yeah, we won't get in the truck debate, but I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and Ford or Dodge, because I grew up rodeo, and rodeo is more like a Dodge loyalty type deal, and then oh, ride Ford. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. But no I'll
0: make They yeah, I drove a Toyota.
1: Yeah. So, you can't you can't knock anybody
0: for that. That's just smart. Yeah, well, the ranch structure some of the ranch structure Toyota, so
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get back, you jump in the Toyota, right? <laughs>
0: right,
1: right, yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, now the the whole deal with the the I just uh, I don't know what drives people to make comments about money running running things i think some of it is they just feel like and and i'm i'm as nostalgic as anybody we, i talked to josh about this on the the pod the fuel by joy podcast we did you know when i was it when i was a young youngster uh ten of my first hunt when i was 13 years old competition event and that was 41 years ago now uh, you know the guys that were there w- your local club only had four or five, maybe four events a year. And those guys hunted, didn't travel. They didn't get up and down the road. You might see them at Shelbyville or, you know, a couple of counties away and, and hunt like that. But, but for the most part, they were just hunters that, that showed up. It's kind of like the local rodeo deal. You know, it's a county fair in the West. You got, you know, Billy Bob Bronk rider from the, triple y ranch that's going to show up and compete every year until he's broke up or he can't do it anymore and and that's kind of the way these coon hunters were back in the day and now it's a it's different we're more we're more mobile these days we got paid handlers so some of it i know comes from you know just nostalgia of man back in the day it was better and and to in some ways it was you know it was a lot of fun going and there were you know, it wouldn't be anything to draw 75 people to a local, local UKC event, you know, right. and have 75 entries right. and it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, simple, that just, like I said, I miss my friends. Well, you know, um, 10 years from now, I'm not going to know anyone rodeo hardly at all, whatever. And I'm, I'm going to say, it, you know, yeah, it was better when I was rodeoing because, you know why? Because those were great memories for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't or hasn't, you know, taken a uh, taken off or or done better for the sport um, as a whole. But but those are my memories, and those are. I think that's what people want to h- hang on to: is that man, it was so good, it was so fun. We did this, we did that, or whatever. But but you can't, in my opinion, with bad badmouth progress. Because what's happening is going to end up eventually making it a uh, a better sport, and and right now, um, heck, I think the the more publicity that that coon hunting can get in in the right light, it's is it's going to be better for all of pound hunting because people don't understand it. But if we can get it on mainstream TV, something like that, you know then the average show can, can get to, to understand it. Now, when you go over there and you say, Hey, I see you got, you know, a couple hundred acres. Can I, Hey, I saw what you guys do on TV. You know, that's going to open some doors. It's going to be better. uh, It tells
1: a bigger story. It gives us an opportunity to tell a bigger story, you know, cause if you show up just like with the podcast, that's what we do here. That's what we're trying to do here. What's what we've always tried to do. You know, you tell that story of, it's not just some guy in a truck with a dog, a vicious dog that kills stuff. You know, right. this is a guy that has kids. This guy loves his dogs. He takes good care of his dogs. You know, we've, you and I have done podcasts on how to care for dogs and, and different right. things. And, and so it's about telling that bigger story in a way that the world is never going to see it if we don't. Exactly. And, and so from strictly the future of our freedom to be able to continue to do this, the height days of hiding are over because if we don't tell the story, somebody else is going to tell it for us and they're going to not going to tell it in a way that's going to, going to keep us out there hunting.
0: That's exactly right. And that's, that's the thing you got to do. And, and there's going to be some learning experiences, even with that, you know, I can tell you personal experiences, those, um, the people that'll tell you the story for you, um, they can twist it on you in a hurry and, and, and it ain't good. And we've, we have a good story with, with, uh, hound hunting and, and coon hunting in particular. And I'm with you. I think the time for hiding's over. Let's let's go. Yeah. And, and like I said, you got to walk before you can run, but I think it's going in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Now, some of the, some of the parts that do concern me is, you know, with this money, I, I told Josh the other day, this came up in the conversation. I was like, yeah. I've been keeping track. I kept track for the first 200, um, the first 200 competition hunters that I talked to after we started the podcast. And I asked them all the que- different, I all I asked them all the same question. If competition coon hunting went away, would you still hunt? Would you still be a houndsman? And 75% of them have said no. Right. So that raises a question in my mind. So are you, are you in love with hunting? Are you in love with hounds or are you in love with competing? Right. And so I think we've developed a culture here with the money. And it's created this draw where, you know, a 22 year old kid can make good money handling a dog for the right, right handler. If he's a good handler, he can make good money. And, Mm -hmm. and, but with that, how many of those people are going to stick with it? Right now, well, I'm up seventy five percent. Said no.
0: There's a solution for that, though, um, and and something um, that Team Roping did a long time ago, which was brilliant. Barrel racing has followed suit, some somewhat, but Team Roping developed a, a numbering system where you are, you know, somebody will watch you rope, whatever, and they number you one through ten.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well. Then you know, because it's team rope open obviously there's more than one, so there's two guys. If they have a number number uh ten roping, you can have um you know two number fives roped together or a four and a six or whatever, but and some of them are capped at a certain height of number. Well, um, you know, no matter no matter what, nobody likes going and and not not having a chance to win. So create a numbering system for this deal where your local clubs, you don't have to compete against this guy or you get a so many point slide. Um, if this guy's over a certain number or whatnot, there, there's a way to do it. It's just gotta be discussed and and looked at and broke down and and create a system to where. Yeah. But
1: then you take away, (laughs) you, you, did you hit your mute button? I did not. Okay. Maybe I just started talking and cut you off. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but everybody wants to hear that psych story. You know, the guy that, that, uh, uh, raises his own dogs and, and hunts his own dogs and goes and wins it all. You know, that, that homegrown boy guy just goes out there with all the big wigs and, you know, that's, that's the American sports story.
0: Yeah. And those will happen naturally. Like they will along the way, you know, as you go, but, um, and and the good thing about it, they're just, they're organic when they do happen. They don't come on along all the time, but it's, it's fun when they do. But I tell you what, the looking at the other side of the deal is, is um, your breeders, your breeder is going to end up being the ones that really benefit from this, that I think that are breeding dogs that can win day in and day out. Uh, they're going to start getting some serious. And I know they already, they already are, but I it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's gonna get better for the guys that are really serious about breeding and producing dogs that can win every day.
1: Well, I always say it, man, when when people are spending eighteen hundred dollars for a doodle and the only expectation of that dog is not to shed hair on the couch. Right. Why are, why are we expecting puppy prices to be still nineteen eighties, two hundred bucks a piece when you can raise that dog and if you do if you know what you're doing and you've got a good pup. Then, then you can set the limit for where you can, how much money you can win with that dog.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and the more money there is out there to win, the more money they'll they're willing to pay for pups. the
1: The other thing I worry about though is, you know, with so much emphasis on, hounds have changed so much even since you know, uh, really since the year two thousand, last twenty years, the style of dogs and different stuff like that. You know, they're just, it seems like that a lot of these dogs that are winning and come from breeding programs that have been bred to fit a scorecard, you know, instead of do the job that we need them to do. So I do worry about, you know, the influence, where are the guys in the West going to draw from? Back in the day, it was, it was, you know, Bert Noni sold dogs to the Dale or Dale Lee and he was an English breeder from back East here, Brett, um, uh, Albert Vaughn, you know, there were a lot of people back here, back East that were selling dogs to Western houndsmen. Is the, you think the Western breeding programs are good enough now to, to sustain it or.
0: Yeah, I do. I do. But, um,
1: does there need to be a different breeding program? Well, you know, that's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. If, 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 um, if you don't like the hounds fit in the scorecard, change the scorecard, you know, make it to where it's more, um, advantageous but, for a different type of hand, like the perfect hand, whatever you're thinking. But, but what you'll see, I think is, that, I think it's just
1: a needs thing, shorty the, the the needs that you have, you know, I know I've hunted with you enough to know you run multiple dogs at one time and you expect them all to to pull the weight and do their part and be together. And you don't want to be chasing 13 hounds in 13 different directions. That's all and, I've
0: been doing for a few days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the, the competition dog, they expect to be by itself independent, you know, under a coon somewhere. Uh, right. And uh, I don't, there is a tendency to breed a dog, a different style of dog than, than what we hunt in the Rocky mountains in the, in the winter time. You know, yeah. um, I've tried to dispel that a little bit with a couple, I've got three of my dogs out of two grand night champions. Uh, they're one of them's a platinum PKC champion in the Rocky mountains right now that are just excelling on lion hunting. So, right. I think it can be done and I, I, but it is a fear. It is a fear that right. if we keep breeding, there ain't anybody that I know that would, that would buy a, a horse off the track at the at Kentucky downs and expect to work cattle or ride trail on it in the Rocky mountains or have a good time on it.
0: No, I, yeah. Animals definitely get specialized and, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, that's been obvious in the, just in the bull riding industry in the last 20 years where they've taken it, you know, blood but I lying. think,
1: but don't you think, it, do you think it could still be used though? I mean, cause I know that they, you know, you come back here, like you take doc bar doc bar right. was a, was a track bred quarter horse. And how many cow horses do you know that have doc bar in their pedigree?
0: Oh, yeah, probably a pile of them. Yeah down somewhere, somewhere way back in there just cause he was bred so much, but no, and we had the same concerns with it. Like in the bull riding was, you know, uh, they're going to, they're going to take the buck out of them cause they're starting them too young or, or this or that, or all they're breeding for is this type of spinner or, or whatever, but there's, there's always concerns and they'll change as the game changes. But I can tell you right now, the bulls, back when i when i started uh these guys they the bulls wouldn't have a chance of bucking these guys off nowadays um so while the while the <clears throat> the cowboys level game changed so did the the stock contract tractors having to happen to breed for the perfect bull and that's where i think this deal is going to go is with these with these coon competitions and stuff and they're you're going to have to have a dog that's near perfect every time in the in the very near future i think in order to go win day in and day out against these big time guys
1: well, you guys like john strickland uh, he seems to be dialing in on that i mean that yeah. guy's winning more than anybody i know right now either him or his dogs are and and uh we're getting closer and closer to it i don't think we'll ever get to the you know the perfect town that that's unbeatable I don't think we'll, we'll ever get there
0: as soon as you do think you you uh you can or you will or you have you're you're done anyways and that's same goes with all animals or or whatever you know as soon as you quit trying to make the perfect one you're going backwards are you using
1: Onyx maps while you're out running your hounds i know i do there are all kinds of features within on x in that app that allows me to mark Entries. trees. It allows me to mark terrain features. It keeps me from floating my hat on those deep stream crossings so I can mark those shallow places where I can cross streams. I use it all the time whether I'm east or west. In the east, property is chopped up into smaller chunks and when a dog gets through the country, I can actually look on Onyx, dial it in, see who owns that property and plan my route in and out of there to retrieve my hound. When I'm hunting in the west, Same thing. All the terrain features are included on On Onyx maps, and I can plan my route. I don't always have a choice of where my hounds end up, but I can always depend on On Onyx to get me in and out of there as quickly and as easily as possible. You can save 20% on your next purchase at Onyx when you go to onyxmaps.com and at checkout, you enter the code HXP20, you will get 20% off of your next subscription. When you go to houndsmanxp.com, click on the sponsor tab and join us on Patreon, you will receive a code to get 30% off of your next subscription of Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. Here's a bull riding question for you. So I've watched a lot of the I like watching old bull ridings and stuff. And and of course, the most well-known bull of all time was Bodacious. Right. And how do you think he would stack up today with today's riders?
0: Uh he'd still be pretty tough just because of style he bucked. Um, uh-huh. And at, at first, he wasn't bad. He was kind of long and and strong going away from you a little bit had some forward movement to him but then there toward the end he learned how to do that hop skip deal and he'd throw his head back at you and, and even your face up <laughs> yeah it's
1: <laughs> tough, tough riding, him, man.
0: right you know that that was why they they didn't want to get on him anymore because if you were riding correctly to ride a bull he could still hit you in the face and so um he'd still be a tough one he'd still be dangerous he'd be yeah. tough but um but yeah, that's all you can say on him. But go if you go watch videos from the '90s and and that now of the greatest bulls of those days, they wouldn't even be like a lot of them wouldn't be first round bulls today. <laughs> Changed that much.
1: Oh man, Cody lostro has been he's breeding some bulls up there. I see.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, he has for quite a while. Does a good job. He's uh. Focused on his breeding program and, and it's pans out for him. In fact, if you want to own a bucking bull, he has a sale every year. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can always tell when the sales coming up, cause he's, he's doing a lot of, he's doing a lot of, uh, social media promotion.
0: Right. Well. Got you gotta you. do
1: what you gotta do, man.
0: Yep. Have you talked yeah. to Cody? Ah, uh, no, not. He's, is he back from Africa? I don't know. I oh, don't yeah. know. No, he's, uh, last I talked to him, he was leaving the next morning to go to Africa.
1: That's right. I forgot you told me that.
0: Yeah. When so, he gets,
1: when he gets back, man, we yeah, got to catch up with him. I want I want to hear about his trip.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, we need to catch up with Josh and Jason too. They just made a trip to Arizona. So
1: I'm not talking to those guys anymore.
0: Are you mad at him? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll talk to Jason, but I'm not talking to Josh. All right. <laughs> no, you guys are practically neighbors out there. I'm going to be out there in a few weeks. I'm going to – it'll be a good time. Got, yep. them, got got the plans changed here a little bit for me, but uh, we're back on top now, and we're, we're powering through it and getting stuff back in order. But, uh, uh, you, you know, I, I guess taking it back to the subject at hand about money, I, I understand some of the concerns, but I think a lot of times it's it's a deal where – uh, I've watched with my own personal experience. I always found money to do the things that I wanted to do that. I really wanted to do that were really important to me. Um, I could have worked overtime shifts, you know, I could make more money. I could, you know, do this and save and, and different stuff. But I think a lot of times it's just, um, there's a spike of jealousy that yep. there's a 22 year old kid out there riding home in a brand new truck when old blue is standing out here behind the barn. And I know, I know that dog could, could perform like that, but I ain't got the money to go. So it's, yep. it turns into an excuse.
0: Yep. Yep. And i tell you what, not only you might not have the money to go, but I guarantee you one other thing, that guy probably outworked you. Yeah. And that's happens more times than any, in any sports or any competition is the guys winning usually outworked you.
1: That's the truth. There's no doubt about that. And and there's another aspect to it too. If that dog is good enough and you make a good enough splash in your local events, then the community's too small. Somebody's gonna people,
0: be basically people not
1: it. yeah. For for people not to know about it and for yep. them to be calling you and saying, Hey, you yep. know, I either want to buy your dog or I want to pay you to take that dog and do this, but this is the condition. I'm going to, I'm going to own the dog or I'm going to be partners on the dog or something like that.
0: Yep. Yep. And that happens. And I've done that many a times. I'd be at a bull riding somewhere, a smaller bull riding that that we did or something, and I'd see a bull and I'd call one of those big guys and say, Hey, there's a bull over here. You need to look at, he can fit the deal. You know, there's, and that that's going to happen in, in the coon hunting world too. It's going to make everything get better for for everybody if you just give it a chance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I th- I think there's so many parallels between what we do and and uh you know rodeo and bull riding and all that stuff. It's right there in front of us. It's a good model that we could we could learn a lot from. PBR's already done it, you know. Yeah. And and uh NFR and and all that. What was the other one? MPRCA? Is that still going on?
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, they have their uh, uh, Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in December in Vegas every year. Yeah, that's so. right.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's already been done. It's already been figured out. We just got to quit trying to reinvent the wheel and look at it. And man, you make it you make it important, and you you bring the money to it, and and money is power, and money is influence, and and that's what keeps you anchored and secured into the future and I was talking to somebody the other day NASCAR has done that all the way down to my nephew's racing go karts you know look at the money that's in racing kids racing go karts yep you know tires and and oil additives and tools and uh you know helmets and race suits and all of it, it all comes down from the top. It all comes down and and creates a market at your own individual level. Yep. That's what we're looking at.
0: And then it doesn't only market, you know, the, the dogs or whatever, but heck some kid that can't afford to go very, very much or very far goes to his local deals and starts kicking butt. Same thing's going to happen. Somebody's going to call one of those guys and say, Hey, you need to look at this kid as a handler. You bet. It's, 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 uh, yeah, I just think it's just going to get better and better and better. And I'm, I'm excited to be here and be able to watch it.
1: Well, that's, um, you know, that's one of the things that, and uh, well, when you bring on, we just brought on Onyx as right. a sponsor and I can tell you that that was like a year long deal to get, to get that done. Because right. Onyx wanted to vet yep. whether they wanted our name, their name attached to Houndsman XP, and this lifestyle, you know, this sport, this community of people, and right. so when you start getting national brands like that, now they've got they've got a stake in this game now. Mm-hmm. So when there is an issue, or you know they they're gonna they're gonna do some cool stuff coming down the pipe. They're gonna help us move this over into mainstream that way when people are saying, Oh, hound honey did isn't fair chase. It's like, wait a second. Right. I can tell you something different and this is
0: why. Right. Yep. Yep. And onyx is great. And if you don't have onyx, you should, I can just tell you that right now and, and being a newbie out here in this part of the world, I've literally used onyx multiple times every day just trying to find out our property lines neighbors we've got some cut up little places here and there whatever but marking also um every bit of line tracks i see every line scratch i see all yeah. that stuff i mark it. but but uh, the other benefit of it is um is using it to identify your neighbor and or right potential hunting properties because you can get on there and you can see who owns it and then, uh, look those people up and, and, uh, try to gain access to their land.
1: Yeah. And it's even, it's even, uh, you know, you talked about being out there, but, but being back East here where the properties are smaller and right. we do get more and more absentee landowners, either from Indianapolis, Louisville, or, or Cincinnati that come out here and buy property. It's a pretty handy tool to, yep. to, to be able to get their information and, and make contact with them and say, Hey, you know, I'm hunting the property next to you. And, and, um, uh, you know, those coons are, are ravaging your, your food plots and your turkey nests and all that stuff. It'd be, be just a walk across the fence as a problem fight. Nope. Come on over, come over and kill as many as you want. Just don't be there during my deer season.
0: Right. Yeah. That's fine too. Yeah. But yeah. It is handy. I do. I use it a lot. Yep.
1: Yep. Well, I think as we keep going down this road, it's inevitable, you know, it's, we're not going to be able to stop it. And so I just wanted to kind of have a conversation, see what, pick your brain, see what you thought about it and compare it to that,
0: you know, what we've,
1: what you've seen in rodeos since you've been in it for so long. And, um,
0: yeah. No, I think they're on a, they're on a big parallel you know, and, and the good thing is, um, there's people that have watched it and, and, you know, in rodeo or bull riding didn't create it, you know, it already been done in, in NASCAR and golf and the way mm-hmm. they structured theirs. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel to be successful. Just, uh, you know, ask questions when questions need to be asked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tell us, tell us about that big Tom line you guys caught out there. I think it the first one you caught on the ranch, wasn't
0: it? Uh, well, no, I'd caught some before in years previous, but yeah, I had only been here. Oh, I guess I'd only been here about three days. Uh, no, it was four days, but it was, it was, uh, anyways, first day I got to hunt, we had a little snow right here and, um, and snow's not my thing. I really don't enjoy hunting the snow, just to be quite honest. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, we had a hunter here in camp, and um, any anyways, I got up and drove out the front gate, and made left hand turn, and I left the left the house at three thirty that morning. At three thirty eight, I had a had a good tom line track found, and so I went and tried to cut around it and do what you're supposed to do you know get get that track shortened up as much as i could and um i've got a couple pups i didn't want to shorten it up too much so anyhow turned out on it and it it went through a big old herd of elk and and uh
1: yeah an elk race didn't you
0: no no didn't have an elk race thankfully no kidding well you know you don't have to wait till it happens to push the trigger (laughs) yeah just push the button beforehand and uh anyways no i kept everything under control there it was good but uh but anyway hadn't yet just big old losing elk so made a big circle and and uh couldn't find it going out of there i missed it be honest with you it it crossed the road in some elk tracks and i didn't see it um and it may have been underneath elk tracks i'm not sure but anyhow so i just free cast the dogs Went started hunting and, and, uh, they picked it up and trailed it a couple of miles down the rim and jumped it on the rim there and, and, uh, got it baited up in the, in the bluff. And, uh, anyhow, about the time we got plenty of pictures and stuff, what about the time we were gonna try to take him, uh, he jumped off the rim, went down the tree in a, in a tree, which we were going to end up down there inevitably, but it, it was not a fun place to go, but anyhow, yeah. Then, uh, then my hunter, which happened to be the ranch owner, uh, the son, and and uh, so he tries to shoot it with a with a six Creedmore, suppressed six Creedmore, nice gun. Anyways, it it he has light primer strikes and it won't go off. So, mm. uh, luckily, I had my pistol, which I always do. Anyways, I had my pistol, and he's a he's a heck of a shot with with a pistol. So I handed him that and. That was a Finish. good
1: shot. Saw the video.
0: Yeah. So, and that was, that was at 155 pounds, six years old. Um, and uh, the, the game warden, when I was checking him in, the game warden, I told him he was six years old in that game warden, he said, well, how do you know he's six years old?
1: <laughs>
0: I said, I said uh, gum recession measurement. He said, do what? I said, yeah, I said, I Man, I just got off the job. I worked for Wildlife Services. I said, but since like 2016, I've been doing a bunch of mountain lion capture work for studies and stuff. And I said, by measuring that gum recession, you can age them. He yeah, had never heard anything like that. But after I showed him, <laughs> he, he was uh,
1: dumb game wardens.
0: Dad gum. <laughs> Shady was going on when I knew how old he was. <laughs>
1: yeah, no kidding. How many lines do you think you caught when you're working for USDA? Do you know?
0: Uh, I can go back and look, but no. Um, Give
1: us an estimate.
0: I have no idea. Yeah. I had I don't know. I, I honestly I never kept track. Thousands. Thousands. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> we're going shorty gorm, line
0: catcher. You're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, so well man I appreciate this good talk it's good talking to you
0: yeah well get out here I know you had some stuff come up and whatnot but uh weather's getting prime out here now so you better oh man
1: I'm ready I am ready to roll I'm telling you
0: maybe maybe you come down maybe Josh and Jason will come visit us I don't know like they hadn't come and visit me yet so
1: they they're homebodies man I've tried to Josh backed out on this. Josh backed out on me this year. He was supposed to be out here in April. April 1st, we were going to go do, run around, do some different stuff and started getting closer and closer. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he just, uh, he's done so much traveling and stuff. I, I respect him for it. You know, he, he likes staying close to home. He's got yeah. a lot of work. Man, those guys work. Holy smoke, they work.
0: Yeah, I know, it. I know Josh,
1: it. Josh, for some reason, I, there's always pictures of Jason working. I think Josh. Josh, Josh stands back and takes pictures of Jason working.
0: I got He's the social media.
1: <laughs> I better stop. I better stop. Josh isn't here to defend himself. So, <laughs> no, I'll be out in a few weeks, and and uh, we'll, we'll go look at some country and have some good times.
0: Sounds good. Good talking to you, and – uh We'll talk soon.
1: You bet. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, to the Houndsman XP podcast. Make sure you check out our website at houndsmanxp.com. And uh, we're dropping new merch merchandise there and filling up that store. Get yours. Look for our specials. And shop at our sponsors, too, man. Just like Shorty was talking about brand loyalty. You know, the sponsors that we've got are, are serious about our motto to preserve protect and promote this lifestyle they put their names on it and they're there for you so and check out our new onyx code it's hxp20 and you can get 20 percent off of your onyx when you use that code at checkout for your next onyx subscription so check that out all right well i'm your host chris powell and thank you for listening to houndsman xp this is fair chase